Welcome to the Home Service Expert, where each week, Tommy chats with world-class entrepreneurs and experts in various fields like marketing, sales, hiring, and leadership to find out what's really behind their success in business. Now, your host, the Home Service Millionaire, Tommy Mello. Hey, welcome back to the Home Service Expert. Today, I have Chris Yano with me. He owns a huge advertising agency. You guys probably heard of him. He's from Rhino. Gonna tell you a little bit about him. He's an expert in entrepreneurship, internet marketing, search engine optimization, pay-per-click ad management, sales, mobile applications, web design, app design, and account management. Uh, he's based out of Phoenix, so he was uh, able to come here, spend some time with us here at the main shop here in Phoenix. So he's the CEO from 2008 to now of Rhino Strategic Solutions. Uh, he's the co-owner of the T-shirt shop yeah. from 2013 to now. <laughs> Uh, Yano Motorsports race car driver from 2007, uh, 2007 to 2016. Uh, Sequoia Technologies, IMS National Business Development Manager. You did that for about a year. And AT&T Advertising Solutions District Sales Manager for a couple of years. Uh, you are a former race car driver who runs a digital marketing consulting business now. Uh, he's the CEO of Rhino, a digital marketing company based out of Phoenix and he specializes in HVAC, plumbing, and electrical, but I don't think there's a lot of home services you won't touch. Pretty much, yep. And uh, I was on his podcast recently. He's right. the co-host of the To The Point uh, Home Service Podcast, and he's uh, he's done countless keynote speeches, breakout webinars on successful digital marketing, best practices for home service companies. I really appreciate you coming yeah, man, in, man. I'm glad to be down here. It's always nice to be able to do these things in person. It is. Yeah, it is. And, uh, I've only done a few here at the office. We've had Ken Goodrich. We've had... Uh, Michael Gerber, stuff like that, but um, My guys, yeah. pretty interesting. You know, I've seen you've done a lot of stuff with Ken. You also had Michael Gerber. It's, right. it's kind of like we've done a lot of the same interviews, and uh, yep. I've heard a lot. You know, what's funny is I've heard a lot about you way before I even knew who you were, just the Rhino brand, and just it's, it's pretty cool that you guys have, have done what you've done in the home service space. So tell me a little bit, of, tell the audience a little bit about yourself and um you know, what you've built over the last Yeah, sure. So, one, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Um, and for those listening, Mark, you got to check out Tommy's podcast on ours. It was fire. He put on a clinic on ours. So, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, yeah, so I didn't get in, mean to get into the home services space. I got sucked into it. I've heard that so many different times. Um, and I'll tell this story. I'm like, one thing that if anybody knows me or has listened to me speak or has listened to our podcast, I'm as candid and transparent as they come. I don't hold anything, anything back. <laughs> I didn't go to school to get into internet marketing, nor did I have any interest in getting involved in, in the home services space. So I went to college, Indiana State University, I was a wrestler, I went in there played soccer, I didn't know what I wanted to do, I wanted to party, I knew that, I was really good at doing those things. I went to college for four years to get a two-year degree in criminal justice, and then I got a DUI. So <laughs> when I turned 21. So it kind of made my parents real proud of me, uh, squashed that, uh, that career path real quick, and I had to pivot. So I, um, I, I come from a big farm family. I'm from Indiana, so shout out to any of my Hoosiers listening. Um, but my grandpa's a retired farmer out here in Arizona, and he flew me out to visit with them. And I was like, this place is pretty badass. So I wanted to make the move, and I literally left Indiana and moved out here on my own and started figuring it out. My sister went to go work for this little company called uh, Google back in 2000, so early, early on. Wow. And, um, and so she had kind of made me aware of all the internet stuff that was going on. And man, the first, my first, like, one of my first professional, like, corporate jobs, if you will, was working for Dex. 
which I know you've been involved in, but back in then, back then yeah. it was like U.S. West Quest Dex. Like it's name changed. I don't know how many times. Yeah. But that's how I started getting into the advertising space. And um, once they started introducing online, the online marketing side of it is when I started kind of getting sucked into it and enjoying it more. So I mean, the Rhino thing. I've you know, it's, I've been really 12 years. Um, only doing digital marketing still to this day it's the same thing except when it was just me then now there's a little over 100 of us only doing digital marketing for the trades more specifically HVAC plumbing electrical roofing that type of stuff so sit here today and it's uh, I'm not doing the work anymore the SEO the PPC side of it I'm doing all the strategic side of it which is I like the most yeah I saw just earlier I was looking at um your stuff and you have an amazing website you guys built for just a little over five grand and that yeah, soup yeah. the nuts. Tell me a little bit about uh, some of the services you offer and, and why somebody should, you know, I, I'll tell you, and I want you to answer that, but so many people are the jack of all trades. They, they do everything. We'll do this, we'll do this. And I've heard so many huge, and you know some of them, I mean, Scorpion's a big company and the trades, you know, yep. and they do everything. Tell me about what you do and what you specialize in. Yeah, sure, so great question. Um, this is something I get asked often, and uh, everybody wants to know what's the difference, and on, on uh, one of our podcasts we shot this morning, the same question had come up again. I learned one thing, and maybe this is because I have ADD. I can't focus on a lot of things at the same time, so I have to laser focus on what I can do, which is why wrestling was such a great sport for me coming up, is I could focus on what I was doing and I have to worry about what my team was doing. Mm -hmm. um, and I've just kind of lived that life of focusing on one thing, Well. Once I started off, started my own company, and one of my very first customers was a, a about a thirty million dollar HVAC and plumbing company in Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, I had to go meet with this guy every other Tuesday, and so every other Tuesday I had to go in, talk through what I just did the previous week, cost per lead, cost per acquisition, how many new service leads, install leads, drain cleaning leads, you name it. So it sucked on the Monday night before having to go and meet with them. And I knew at that point, like we, I learned so much about how to pull in different types of leads and the costs for him that I thought it took so much bandwidth just to, just to focus on that. And it was just me. So as we started to grow, now he was also uh, was a carrier contractor and carrier's mm -hmm. headquarters is in Indianapolis, Indiana. He was part of their dealer advisory council. And it was a, uh, what did you do, man? You grew, we grew 3.1 million with him that year, organic growth. That's the stuff that we brought in for him. And they were like, what did you do? He comes to me and says, how big do you want to get this thing? You know, you're in the name of the company. Back then was called Brickyard Marketing, which is a local name, play off my old racing career and things like that. Um, and I had said, well, uh, I'm in, like, let's go. And I decided at that point in time that I would focus only on, really, I thought it was going to be HVAC. Mm. But then so many customers were doing multiple services. Right. And then especially today, like today everybody starts layering in. If you're HVAC, they're layering in plumbing, plumbing or whatever. Yeah. So it just, you know, I, I decided if I focus on this, just like in wrestling, if I focused on the same moves over and over and over again and I perfected them, that I felt like I could never lose if I just always trained on those. And the same mindset came in running this company is if I just did these home services every day, I would be the best at it. And that's how I feel we are today, except now versus it being me, there's up 105 rhinos. That's it's crazy, yeah, man. Pretty, that's huge success. It's a pretty fun ride. Marketing company. So what did you wrestle, 105? Dude, I was a 100-pounder. 100 pounds? Nice, dude. <laughs> I'm not much bigger now. <laughs> that's, it's like phantom weight. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Phantom weight. Yeah, pretty, I, had, I had this dude on, my, uh, on our podcast uh, who was the first UFC lightweight, uh, lightweight champion, Jens Pulver, coming Oh, wow. Out. And he was like a three-time state champ wrestler, so he accomplished far more than me. But he was a little guy. 
And then I, but he, like, I'm bigger than him now, but he looks stockier than me. He's a little shorter. Oh, yeah. But he is also a UFC lightweight champ. So That's I, awesome. ain't nobody talking smack to him. No, I don't think so. <laughs> so digital is the way to go. I mean, I built my company. Uh, I tried Yellow Book, and it was right when Yellow Book was dying. And then I got into mailers, and I'm still a fan of mailers, but they're kind of like, uh, you know, Money Mailer just kind of went under through the COVID thing, which is crazy. And uh, Valpac still does okay, and you've got all these different mailers, but everything now, reputation management, millennials. And I've heard millennials bought more houses last year than baby boomers for the first time ever. Right. So talk to me about what's new with digital. Uh, talk to me about SEO versus Google local services versus GMB, you know, that's good stuff. Yeah, sure. I think that uh, one of the questions I get a lot, a lot of times is, what should I be doing? Um, should I only be doing pay-per-click? Should I only be doing SEO? Um, my opinion is always do what works, but just track it. Make sure you're tracking everything so you know what works. We're not guessing. Um, it, I'm always a fan of do both. If you can do pay-per-click and SEO and you do it the right way and somebody knows your trade, knows your industry, what your consumer, how they buy, and you do a good job at actually doing search engine optimization, it's not this fake like smoke and mirrors thing because it can be subjective. Sure. Uh, but it's all about the rankings, man. Like, get me to rank high. But the way our methodology is, you got to build a, a page for every service that you offer in every location that you offer it. Like, hands down, that's the way you go about it. The majority of our competitors weren't doing that till they've heard your boy Cristiano here giving so many keynotes on saying, oh, yeah. build a service page for everything that you do in every location that you offer it. That's half the battle, right? At least you got the page done. What you want to do is when you're running a pay-per-click campaign, if somebody's looking for um, garage repair um, Paradise Valley, you want them to go to the page on the website about garage repair in Paradise Valley. That's the most relevant thing you can possibly deliver up. If you've done a good job with your search engine optimization, you can reduce your cost per click on your pay-per-click campaign, which drops the cost per lead down, which is what we're in the game, man. Yeah. The most amount of leads for the least amount of money. That's been the same thing every business owner has said to me since day one is, I want the most amount of leads for the least amount of money, and it's on me to do it. But those two things are, what we've learned is you can't cut corners. Like with SEO, you can't, I always talk, it's like a big jigsaw puzzle. There's some pieces that are bigger than the other, meaning there's some things that you do that have more value than others. Sure. But you got to put the whole fucking thing together to complete the picture. Yep. Right? So if you leave out a couple of, of, of the small pieces just because they're small and you don't want to do it, like tagging an image, you aren't completing the picture, which then allows companies like us that do 100% of it to start to pick you off one by one mm. because we're willing to, we staff. That's why I have that many people is it just takes that amount of bodies to to execute. It's it's interesting because I talk about all this stuff like geotagging, making sure the reviews, keyword content, not keyword stuffing, no hidden links, yeah. uh, you know, do follow versus non-follow. Yeah. There's so much to it. What is your take? I've got a book up there called The 4-Hour Workweek, and he, The 4-Hour Workweek is Tim Ferriss saying, you can work four weeks, if you hire VAs, you do it right, and that's not in a home service business, who are we kidding? <laughs> uh, but what is your take on hiring people that do some of that stuff uh, overseas in the Philippines and you know Russia and all these different places? Yeah, dude, I do everything in-house. So, um, and would it be cheaper? Yes, but would it be the best? Would it be the Rhino way? No. So we did it early on, and there was too many hiccups. So I never did it again. And so uh, if I looked at it from how does it impact my bottom line, uh, it's, you know, it's not as great because it costs me more money to bring those bodies in. Sure. But I'm looking at it from the long-term play, right? Because I'm not an option for the masses as a company. Like, 
we don't work with everybody that comes to us. So, but we work with those that are, that are part of the Rhino family for a long time. They stick yeah. with us because they always know where we stand. You know, and but I'm but I have to use my in-house team that I can control to move. If somebody says, Chris, I need drain cleaning leads, you know, or one of my sales guys need drain cleaning leads or account managers, I need to be able to go right to the team and say, uh, beef up cost per lead, you know, beef up your your daily budgets on it. I need to be able to do those things now and have complete sure. control over it. When it goes overseas, there are those obstacles. So, you I hate to say, man, but you get what you pay for. Oh, you do. I agree wholeheartedly. You know, there's. There's always been these games with Google that I've played. Um, it's just, you know what, some days they want tons of links, some days they want local links. And with your main brand, you gotta stay committed and do what they want, but SEO in their general terms is not allowed. I mean, right. they, there's no such thing as SEO. They wanna grow organic, they want links organically. Yep. So I wanna talk about something that's really, I've been talking about this this week and today. Um, I talked to one of my good buddies, Josh Campbell. He was on the podcast. He's out of uh, uh, Fort Worth. And he was just explaining to me, Linux, who you guys worked closely with, yep. is uh, you've got Train, you've got Goodman, you've got Linux, you got... Carrier. <laughs> There's so many. Mm -hmm. But in every industry, we're trying to get way more involved with charity. We're trying to go to these black tie affairs and, and, and basically auction off nice garage doors. And a lot of times, Linux will go ahead and pay for this kind of stuff. And then you just got to rent the crane, do the install, install pay the labor. Uh, they're not playing ball with me, my manufacturers. In a lot of industries, whether you're a window washer, HVAC kind of invented, like, let's get involved with charity. And, and he said, dude, it's awesome because we're, we're sponsoring a great charity. We're getting the attention of all these business owners and, and people with money on nice houses. And uh, we're also getting the link juice of local charities. It's just as you're involved in the community. But the question for you is you've worked with a lot of these manufacturers. Enterprise, I just went to because I'm, I'm just going down a list sure. and I, I buy from Enterprise my vehicles and they said, Well, absolutely get involved with that. But do you have any tips? Because uh, this is a multi question. So, first of all, how do we get them to partner with us on different things like that? Secondly, is how is it going to help the SEO? What do we got to make sure to make that yeah, happen? Yeah, sure. No, that's a good question. Um, so, well, I can even give our own example. So, we have a Rhino service day every single month where we, on a Friday, with the exception of our customer service, everybody goes and serves somewhere in the community. Uh, like, so since we're here in Phoenix, we've been to St. Mary's Food Bank, we've been to, uh, I mean, I don't even know how, every month we're going someplace new, or sometimes we repeat. And the point of that is, for us, is that we genuinely like to give back to the community. Sure. Um, so, from that, what we will do, though, is we'll take our videographer team, or our you know, photographers, and we'll take pictures and images, because mm -hmm. we want to we be able to promote the uh, organization that we're going and helping in hopes that others that are following us might go and do likewise. But what we will also do is create the images for them, write the story, and give it to them for them to post on their own blog and give us the nice little link back. Mm -hmm. Now, we're not doing it for the link. It's a byproduct of the reason of doing it. Oh, it's a, it's a bunch of birds with one stone. You like got it, man. But, so it's good because we like to do those things. Now, I have some. we have some customers that do an exceptional job in the community and they're doing everything because I, I heard somebody told me a long time doing good is good business and if you are doing a lot of things in the communities it's okay to ask them to you know how can I you know when you say how can I help you what can I link to you ask to reciprocate 
it's okay to ask those questions. You're creating partnerships with the people that you're getting involved with. Yeah. But the value, especially if it's like a .org or if it's a .edu or anything like that, like it's a school or an organization, if you can get a link back from them, that's got that's got some some power to it. Yeah. So it, so you helping them in turn can help you back if they can just re, you know report the or write a blog. But I'll tell you this much, you're better off writing it for them if you yeah. want to get them to get it done because of what a lot of people do best is is nothing. So you got to kind of push and do it for them a lot of times. Which is guest blogging in general. You're gonna write the blog and you're gonna find a way to find a commonality of your site. So if you had like John Deere. You would talk about like winterize your home, winterize your landscaping, winterize your garage door, and yeah. find a way to bring it in. So all of it is about winterizing before the winter, and then you've got the garage door, and that's where your link is. Yeah, you guys do a really good job on your um, on your uh, podcast page of linking everybody too. So um, I think that's a that's a brilliant way to do it because if you're going to start linking everybody up and sending value to them, the hope is that you, that you can get some sort of reciprocation right. from that. So I think there's that you guys did a great job on that piece of it. You know, we don't. We, I've never really worked really hard on the blog. We're actually starting to do more things with that. I never really looked at the podcast as a um, a revenue source. Actually, it's guys like you coming on the podcast that I get ten times more value just by sitting here for an hour and being able to ask these questions. And I've got a lot more, so this is going to get good. Um, so, so I love the idea of the charity. So you've been working with these manufacturers. Today you said you had one. You said it went amazing, Bosch. Uh, <laughs> so you had them on your podcast. But you're getting to know these manufacturers, and what makes them tick? How do you get them to get involved more and give you special deals? And is there any ways that you've found that to really make moves with them? Here's what a manufacturer cares about. They care about market share and brand awareness. And if you can accomplish those things through their contractors, you're good. But you got to make sure they know. So this is where, like, um, if, they, if, a, if a contractor, like, for instance, Linux, we're a preferred digital marketing vendor of Linux. So we've been a part of that for three years now. The reason they continue to bring us in is we help their contractors buy more equipment. So basically somebody goes and searches for AC installation online, we make sure we pull that homeowner into their site and get them to call, and then it's on the contractor to get it, get it locked up, but it's my job to bring it in. I'm just tracking everything to make sure that Linux knows also, down to the dollar, what we brought in for revenue for ABC you know, heating and air conditioning. So as, so as long as I'm helping their customers, the contractors grow, sell more, and I'm and I'm helping maintain the branding on their site, sure. then they're happy with me because I'm helping them gain market share and maintaining their brand awareness. So that makes sense to me, and I, I know, so I always say what's in it for me. With them is what's with in them. it, so what's in it for the other guy? I'll tell you what I'm coming up against is I've got an industry that never heard of asking for charities and asking to get involved. And they've never heard of a rebate program. They've never heard of sponsoring my advertising to grow brand awareness. So you guys don't have co-op. Very, very one percent. Ooh, okay. They've never. I'm telling you. And a lot of the people listening, they're in a lot of other industries. I mean, I can't, I can't imagine that Honda's giving away mowers. Maybe they are. I don't know as much about landscaping. I know like I used to be involved in landscaping, but there, there's anything from window washing to pavement on. Uh, redoing driveways. There's just so many people that listen to this. And let's just say you were in a really uneducated about how co-op and how this can increase your brand. Or just, you know, 
I, I don't I don't know how to say maybe they just don't know as much on how it could benefit them, but what would your pitch be? Because number one, I would shoot a video with Giuseppe here. We'd make an awesome video. We would we would get a link for them. We'd mention them in front of all these wealthy business owners at these black tie affairs. We would guarantee them and show them that we we two thousand dollars towards promoting it on Facebook. Whatever that looks like, but what would your pitch be? To say, because I'm curious for the listeners that might say, how do we even approach these people and what's in it for them? Yeah, it's actually, um, you're asking them for money, right? Or you're asking them to offset um, maybe future purchases. For the donate, donate stuff that they get for a fraction of the cost. So if you, so one, um, what Linux actually does a really great job of donating the equipment, right? But the publicity that they're getting from it, I mean, let's be honest, is is big it's huge. it's huge and they called um it's field their field of love program and it was uh, wildly successful this past year so they're re they're doing it again now now i genuinely believe from knowing the leadership there that that is their heart is to give back and help with that stuff but there's also this value that they're pulling in because every contractor in this town and this town and this town is pushing field of love program and they're giving away a linux system but you have to ask so if you ask, but you, you can't. You, so funny that you, you said that. You can't just, you can't just go and ask and not have a plan, right? Like you got to be able to say, I want to do this giveaway. These are the things I'm going to do. Would you donate this piece of equipment or part of the equipment? Like we just did this. So Rhino, my uh, my co-host on To the Point Home Services, Tall Paul, lives in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, Linux donated the system. And we covered the cost to install it for a, for a, a lady that was there. Um, I didn't know anything about it. Paul just brought it to me, but I was like, Linux is in, I'm in. You know? yeah. And if it would have been Carrier, I would have been in. If it had been anybody, sure. I would have been in. But I think you have to you have to ask. Like I believe Paul is the one. My our tall Paul went and asked them and said, Hey, I met this lady, this situation. They're in bad need of a system. Linux would you? And I'm not even buying Linux equipment, right? But we went and asked, and then we said, here's the publicity that we'll do along with it to help promote that for you in Linux. But you got to ask. But don't ask without having a plan I like to that. share with them. You know, you got to share with them what you're going to do with it. So that way it's not just them you know, passing a piece of equipment to you. So I love that. You heard that ask with a plan. And I think maybe I talked to the CEO of a very, very large, the largest garage room manufacturer in the world. And uh, he said, you know, we never really got too involved with that, but maybe we could help out somewhere. And, and I, I didn't really have, I said, look, this is really preliminary at this point. And I didn't have a big plan, but I like what you said. Whiteboard it and say what's in it for them. And figure out a way, you know, you endorse that video, it becomes, look, and I like the way you said tracking. Tracking, that, we've got KPIs, I'm sitting here with four monitors. Right. I've got dashboards and I'm just looking at stuff that before I used to, I was like, KPI, is that like miles per hour? Is that like kilometers? <laughs> but, um, you know, it's funny because you were a race car driver. That right, was the... Uh, right, I got you. I'm picking up what you're putting down. So, you. yeah. So you, you've been doing this so long and you've had a podcast. You've been talking to these brilliant guys and you must have a million gold nuggets. First, I want to talk about what, what the differences you see with... There, I, I'm just going to say three. There's small, medium, and large. And I'm not going to define what those are because they're different per industry. But what are the differences you've noticed uh, of the small, medium, and large? Customers? Uh, more of the, the ownership of these home service companies. Or the ownership and management and just business in itself. Yeah, I think that, well, I would say um, 
those who have processes and those who don't. You've got your sales guys, you guys that, that work in the business still, and then you have your, your owners that work on the business. And then you've got those that are still doing both. So if I had to tear it out that way, it would be that dude that's like the technician that's split out and is trying to do his own thing. Um, right now, he's just trying to sell. He's trying to sell and get his jobs done and take care of them. He might not even think about having maintenance agreements, which is a key thing. And if, with all the M&A talk that's, come out, uh, that's been coming through COVID of you know, these companies buying and selling and all this stuff, I've been through lots of podcasts where I've learned a, a ton about mergers and acquisitions. But maintenance agreements, service level agreements are key ingredient to you having a higher multiple. But the, but the guy that's like the one truck chuck he was just trying to go and sell stuff and stay busy today because he's trying to build his business. The guy that's doing both who might still be uh, doing, the, maybe he's doing some of the finances, he's still trying to run the company, but he's going and selling the big potential opportunities. Right. Um, is now starting to create processes. So he's kind of half-assed following some processes that work for him, but he's still trying to sell. I mean, you got the guys like, like our friend, like our friend Ken Goodrich, who's literally a process driver. Let's see, he has, you plug in the technician, and this is kind of like your methodology, Tommy. It's where you have the end goal in mind, you work backwards to it. So sure. you know how many techs you need based on your numbers to fill in that stuff. It's just a process-driven thing. But the guys that uh, I think are a lot of fun to work with, for us is, um, it's the guy right in the middle because he's kind of got it figured out. He just basically needs the, the fuel to get him going, he needs volume. If you have more volume coming in, he'd really start to focus on his processes because he's got revenue coming in, he starts to add bodies. Those are a lot of fun. We've had a lot of successes taking guys from two to three, three to five, five to six, six to ten million. Like yep. it's been a lot of fun being a part of those over the last decade. But I, I think it all comes down to the guys that actually create the processes, focus on the processes, and then listen, ask for help along the way. If I've heard anything in the last few months, everybody is willing to help you. So if you find somebody who's if you find yourself in a room with five guys and you're at the top of that food chain, find a new room. Find somebody that's smarter than you and start asking them questions. People, I think, generally want to help. Yeah, be the dumbest guy in the room and the top the guys. The, room. the top guys actually enjoy helping. Yeah, and they, for sure. I don't look at it, I really don't look at a lot of people as competition and they're more than welcome. I've had, I've had 20 companies in here at one point showing them what's on these monitors going, look, there's enough, and I always say this, but there's enough water in the ocean for everybody. You bring in that five gallon bucket, there's so much customers. And I'm attacking so many different verticals. I'm hitting it from eight different ways. But um, I heard this the other day. A bad system will ruin great people really quickly. That's good, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah I don't care. You might not. The system is the only thing that you can take. And, you know, Michael Gerber's big on this. But the system is what the business runs on. It's not great people. It's a great system. And that's why we talk about McDonald's. <laughs> Ray Kroc. Yeah. yeah, Ray Kroc. And you don't have to have these amazing studs in the business. You, and there's amazing women joining the home service space now sure. more than ever before. Yep. We used to think plumbers, you know, the, the the old conventional guy coming out. There's a lot of women getting yeah. in the trades now. We actually have quite a few uh, women customers that are phenomenal. One of them was uh, Bryant Dealer of the Year, uh, Charlene Ierna down in um, Tampa, Florida. Mm -hmm. Crushes it. She won like nine Medal of Excellence awards. She's like a gator, like hunts gators. Oh my gosh. Yeah, she's awesome. She's, she's on the History Channel, I think. She's amazing. Do you know Alan Rohr? I do. Yeah, Alan's yeah. awesome. She's super high energy. Um, Ellen? Ellen Rohr? Alan. Alan? E-L-L. Yeah, Ellen. It's a woman. E-L-L-E-N. Yeah, I, -L -L -E I just talked to her yesterday from Zoom. Zoom yeah, Zoom Drake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Al Levy and all those. Yeah, they're yeah. great. Yeah, so, so, you know, that's interesting because 
I talk to a lot of people about M and A. I mean, I've been kind of in, 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 engulfed in learning about because ultimately, you know, my goal is a billion to get back to that, and and I want to understand how to build value before I start building the company into this monster. We've already started, but service agreements are a big piece of that because you're putting a wall around your customers. But the tracking piece of it's huge. It's I it, love to touch on that. Yeah, let's talk about so that. Because because you started to mention it, then you and I had this conversation, and, and the way that we built Rhino was on the back of our retention. And the reason we retained was because we track everything. I mean, I am an analytical nerd. I love numbers. They don't lie to us. No. So if I work with a Gettle air conditioning out here, Ken wants to know exact numbers. I can get those to him. I've done it since day one. Here's what that looks like. The, the largest team on on uh, in Rhino is our Rhino Tracks call listening and reporting team. There's like 55 of them. Worst job in my company because they're listening to the phone calls that come through the site every single one. Not 30 days later, not 60 days later. Like that, if it's in the summertime, maybe we're on a week delay because there's thousands of calls coming in. The point is, like you, like you do a good job of is, I listen to every call so that way I can hear who answered the phone. Now I don't do call coaching, but I can certainly hear how the CSRs are answering the phone. Oh yeah. And if they butcher a lead or they missed an objection and kick it over to the to the customer, but I need to know lead type. Was it a new customer? Like, I'm talking new. This is the thing that probably pisses me off the most with most agencies that are competitors of mine. And it is that, that, that what they determine a new customer. To me, a new customer is a new bookable service or install that was not a repeat or referral customer. That's a new customer. So they never existed in your database? Not even in your system. Okay. So that's a new customer. That's what I'm being paid to do. If I'm not doing a branded effort, if I'm doing a direct lead gen effort, I'm being paid to bring in new people. So I report to that number. So, But if I do that, and you use your whatever field management software that you're using, you can tie in the revenue to it, I can see from the volume of people that came in the site that was a lead to the actual closed revenue account to know what our return is every single month. But I'm also catching in there, I'm not held accountable for only for the closed revenue. That's not on me. No. It's, my, it's on me to bring in the lead. You can't close the lead. Bringing in the lead is one-tenth of it. You gotta book the lead, you gotta dispatch it correctly, you gotta show up in a running vehicle, then you gotta earn the customer's business then there's a crazy word that some people hate called upsells. <laughs> and it's not bad, especially if you sell HVAC, why not talk to them a little bit about plumbing and electrical? And if you believe in it and you believe that's in their best interest, it should be a piece of cake conversation. If you genuinely care, best marketing strategy ever, genuinely care, then it's okay, you should be. Don't do them a disservice by not offering it. They don't know unless you tell them. But, it's, but I like the tracking piece of it because, and, it, and if COVID exposed anything, it was, if you didn't have your shit together, like your finances, like paying attention to you, you weren't sitting on cash, you really had to watch all your numbers, watch every penny. Oh, yeah. So uh, we were, we had a huge chunk of customers double down and everybody started pulling back. That's exactly what I, that's funny I say double down. Because we were, because if you track everything, you're not guessing what you're getting in return for every dollar that's being spent. And that's how we built this company is making sure that every customer knows every month Every brand new customer that came in, their name, address, phone number, was it booked? The CSR book it? Um, did the CSR miss an objection? So we don't offer call coaching, but they have somebody that does. At least I can catch it. But you got to track everything and leave no, no. Uh, you got to leave nothing over. No, to no yeah, no bricks unturned or something. You got it, whatever that thing is. There's so many questions. We're gonna. This is gonna go a while. Um, I don't really know if this exists, but some people say 
there's this rule of thumb of safe growth. And in my opinion, th this is something that's interesting. It's a KFC is opening up every eight minutes, um, somewhere around those lines. And it's hard to believe because they really took over Asia. So that's really where they're attacking right now. But um, is that for real? That's a real number. That's yeah, it's crazy yeah. because these guys came and shot this special about us. They're like, dude, you should have seen KFC. Like they've got their shit down pat to a science. So ultimately, there's a book on my shelf called The Ultimate Sales Machinist that wrote one on the second shelf, and he talks about how quick can you create a system to train guys. So we were out in my training center, yeah, right. and I think the biggest misconception about growth is how do I get the leads. I think the lead part is easy. How do you maximize the calls coming in, build a fence around them, and, and get amazing conversion rates and average tickets when you go out there? And average tickets just comes by doing the right thing. You know, If I'm gonna work on your door, I'm gonna wanna replace most of the parts that I could warranty and I'd have to come back. And anything that's got anything worn out, unlike most guys that are listening, uh, you know, that, I will say that the people that are listening are actually really, really smart. It's the people that are on the Facebook groups that pride themselves on fixing a 1962. Uh, they kept they kept an old blower motor from 40 years ago because thank God they have it. And I will admit that they made it better in the old days. But it's like to me, it's just so much wasted time. My dad's like that. He'll rebuild an alternator that costs 120 bucks. I'm like, it just took you 10 hours. Like you, you make about more than $12 an hour. But anyway. Uh, where was I going with this? You know, oh, bank, making guys, systems that, so what's a good growth strategy? How much should you grow? Some people say 10% and I'm like, oh, I hate that. Grant Cardone says, think about growing a thousand times, 10 times, which is a thousand times. 100% times 10, 10 times growth. Because when you think that way, you start to come up with innovation. Yeah, so I think we see it, I mean, this 10% thing is like, if you don't know what to say, you say 10%. It's right. what people have been trained to do. Um, I've looked at it always different, and my mindset is um, like summertime is when I probably think my, one of my biggest pet peeves is when somebody's like, "Oh, we're already busy in summer." Uh, if it's an HVAC company, we're already busy in summer, and I'm like, "Yeah, if you added more bodies, you could be busier and and making more revenue because everybody's saying we're already busy in summer. They might pull back on marketing spend." Yeah. Now, and, and if they do that. As long as it's not, it's no longer a leads game. It's a bodies game. It's who you know because there's a lot of times we have to pause the campaigns because oh they're booked out or you raise the prices at that point. Your diagnostic fees or you go raise through the, the prices, and if you raise the prices, then you run the risk of giving yourself a little bit of a bad name. You know what I mean? Like, but that's what you have to do to slow it down. Yep. So I get it, but you have to. I don't love the idea of saying we're only going to grow. 15% uh, this year, or we grow 13% year over year. I like the idea of saying, hey, what are we going to do this next month and this next month based on current situation? Because what we have the ability to do, at least from our end, not with everybody, but with most, I would say 90% of our customers that aren't already 150 million, 200 million, like our big guys, is we might be on this trajectory of saying, okay, we're going to use 10% uh, 10% this year as our number. But what I've learned and how we built the company was it it's not doesn't need to stay the same every month if, if like with COVID happening and some of these companies were saying well i need to sell i need to sell we just onboarded like five new service technicians like that now i now if i was to follow that same percentage of growth they wanted to hit we would have been holding ourselves back from them because yeah. now just gained five guys and now we can keep those if we get those five guys busy we're going to blow past this 10 percent goal it doesn't make sense to try and follow that number. So I'm of the mindset of 
Like Rhino doesn't ever, we've never followed a, I want to be 10 million this year. I've never followed that methodology. I, I really follow a retention goal. So that's something that I focus on. Um, my personal goal last year was doubling the profitability bucket for my employees. If I did that, that's because our, our they were doing a good job for our customers and they were producing. So I attached all of my paychecks to performance yep. to do that. Sure. But uh, I don't have this goal of I want to grow 10% every year. I did make a mistake early on, and that was I was afraid to grow too fast. And all it was was a mental game I had with myself that I was losing. Yeah. I don't want to grow too fast. It was I just didn't I didn't have enough processes in place. I didn't have enough a plan in place to actually make the growth happen smart. But I had learned the business by being in, by being in the business, so I didn't I didn't know. But I don't like this. Um, it's almost like you're in prison. It, you know, I have a CFO. He came out from North Dakota. Smart, smart, smart guy. I mean, he knows how to handle a business our size. He went from twenty million to four hundred twenty million. It was an ESOP company owned uh, it, where the where the employees owned the company. Yep. Awesome guy, Tommy. So much. We've got these KPIs per department, like just a master's degree. He's got a doctorate. He gave me a master's degree. Right? So, <laughs> and, and so we came up with these budgeted targets, and I'm like, I can't wait to blow these out of the water because I'm like, don't confine me to this stupid budget. And, and now I'm like, okay, I get it, because banks want to see. Every single private equity company, anybody who's really, really smart, they're not like guys like us. Because I'm like, I want to go ahead, write your little numbers down. Because I'm like, but but now I'm like, okay, beat budget, beat budget. Then COVID happened, and I'm like, oh crap. And then now we're like back in growth mode. But I, we stopped the locomotive. Like we've got this train. I don't know if I can do it on demand here. I'll... So we've got this train, and uh, the train is going so fast. And then we had to shut off the train, which are the recruiters, the trainers. And the, the apartment and the trucks wrapped. So I, I turned it off and now I'm like, okay, now we're crushing numbers again. And I'm like, how? Don't think, here's the, the different, the, 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 the brain shift. How do you get, like, you're good if you get 20 guys trained a month. How do you get to 50? And I know when I get to 50, I'm going to say, what? Okay, there's going to be some, some, I just read this book by Michael McCall. It's called uh, Fix This Next. And uh, the plan is, when you get to 50 guys in a month, what else can you do? There's something else gonna break. Maybe it's the marketing, maybe it's the GMBs aren't getting done. Like right now, Google can't get my GMBs done fast enough. I'm like, holy shit, you gotta go through Pinkerton. And, you gotta, and I'm advanced verification. I'm like locksmith and garage doors. We gotta, I gotta show up there, we go through Pinkerton. They gotta see my shirt, they look at my ID, they look at my business card, they wanna see a spring. It's the only two industries that go through this huge advance because those two industries went through a lot of fake GMBs. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, I, I just think backwards about it and just like, dude, don't put me in this bubble. But ultimately, fine, live in the bubble. But next year, I can't wait for like December 10th when we're like, now what are the goals? And they're like, uh, because he came from an industry that was manufacturing, right? And when you come, that is way much more like, what are you gonna do? You're gonna pick up 20 more machines and somehow rent? To, you, you just can't grow that fast. This is different though, and you're in a different boat. Oh, yeah. Tell me a little bit about some of your goals in the next, and how far out do you set your goals? And I don't think they need to be percentages, but you you know how I work backwards. Are you working backwards from anything, or what's your plan? You mean for Rhino specifically? Rhino specifically. Yeah, okay, so, um, well one, let me just say this. Um, I have a, uh, I have, well you know, I have a partnership with a guy named Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V, and uh, Gary V pushes big time on branding. 
And the one thing that we did really poor as a company early on was branding. And mainly it was because we had manufacturer relationships that would you know, bring us customers. So, and when you became the preferred internet marketing vendor for a carrier at one point, um, when, we started the, when I started the company and then now into Linux, we didn't have to brand to bring in business. This is, again was me losing against myself. Because um, I'm thinking, I don't need anything else. But then I started to, to figure out what is my goal? What is the goal of Rhino? Uh, the goal of Rhino is to, I mean, to only ever focus on the home services, but I want to be at the spot where I'm donating a million dollars, a million dollars a year to whatever I want, whatever organizations that we're doing. That is my goal. So how do I got to get to that? It's just me figuring out what number do I need to hit to be able to get to be able to donate a million dollars a year to different companies. And the, and the goal for us would be trying to take that million dollars a year and split it into ten into basically a hundred thousand dollars. Ten charities. Whatever yeah. it might be. Or even profit, 50, whatever, 000, yeah. Whichever one it is. Um, and that is the driver for me. And everybody, every rhino knows it. Um, I don't I don't question that piece of it. Um, I don't have this uh, you know this big number in mind like you've got your billion. Um, I don't have this big number in mind, but I do have this. Um, I want to make sure that Rhino is just the is I mean, we're, Scorpion is massive private equity. There's private equity there, um, but Scorpion is massive. But I would head to head, head to head. I win. You want to know why I win? I've been doing it for 12 years. Every single day, and I've only done this. Scorpion started in the in the law firm space and added home services mm -hmm. into it. And they do build absolutely gorgeous websites, great websites. But head to head, you just can't beat me. I've got too much data to win right out of the gate. Right. So I take pride in that. So what I want to do, like a perfect example, is you know right now I'm in a, I'm in uh, in talks with two other competitors of mine who I want to purchase. I want to buy because I want to build this like I want to build like the dream team. Remember the old school dream team? Oh yeah. I want to build the dream team, not just to be a big company to give a million dollars, but to be like. Man, the best com digital company in the home services space was this company called Rhino. Like, they're the company. There's legacy there, too. Yeah, there's, there's pride. Like, you've got to do Like, i got yeah. four kids. They look at this, and, and somebody asked me this question. They said, asking them, my, my kids are uh, 20, uh, 20, how many, because they got four 20, kids. 12, 20, 20, 20, 20, 13, 20, 13, 9, and 5. Oh, man. Close. But it's fun to ask them what I do. Cause they're like, oh, they help build companies. You know? Oh, that's they cool. They do a charity, like so. They don't know I do digital marketing, like, but they just know I help grow companies. That's what they hear. They'll, or they'll, my, you ask my son, he's like, what's Daddy do? Daddy talks on the phone. Like that's yeah. what he thinks. That's what he thinks I do. But I, my big goal here is to, um, you know, my big northern star is to just be like this. If I can donate a million dollars a year, I'm 41. If I can donate a million dollars a year for the next, you know, 10, 15 years. I'm feeling pretty good about my legacy as a human being on the things I was able to accomplish. It's just that Rhino was the tool I had to do it. So Gary Vee's all about his personal, build your personal brand and you can right. use vehicles to get there. He's using his shoes and social media. He started with uh, Instagram, then he went to Snapchat, I think, and now he's doing probably TikTok. I don't even know. He does all of it, yeah, pretty much. You know, I, I think that that's super important. I think for me, I have to have a number to work backwards from, and it's a big number to hit. But what's so crazy is it seems like, look, if I go to the store, I'll be honest, today I flew back from Dallas, I had two, uh, two, uh, what are those, orange juice and champagne, mimosas. Oh, mimosas, yeah. And it was uh, 25 bucks for two of them. <laughs> and I'm, I'm cheap. I don't know, I'm like, man, 
This is why we charge what we charge for crossovers. Because it's a service. If I went and made those, and people go, well, if I went on Amazon and did this, and I'm like, yeah, but you called us up. We're with a brand new truck. We got trained guys. We're background checked, drug tested. Like, it's different. We can't, We love the air conditioning that's working now. Um, but the point is, it's like, I'm frugal, but a billion dollars for some reason. $25 was a lot today. But a billion for some reason, it's just, it's like my main, my brain, it's like my, what do they call that, your alligator brain? It's like it just seems <laughs> differently about those numbers. So I like what you're doing, though. You, you've got a bigger cause. My cause is, is at this point because I think people are going to be better off working with us. And there's more jobs and more money created and more financial freedom sure. by working with us. And I say with us because without the team around us, we don't exist. Mm -hmm. I mean, literally, like, I can't do this stuff. I'm not a celebrity. I'm not going to go do a $20 million show for... You know, I'm not Tom Cruise. So, and you know, I'm glad about that. And I like what you said about building a brand. Let's talk about that because Ken's done a good job. Oh, yeah. Gettle, it's hard to spell, oh, yeah. you know, and he's got this, you know, his dog and the flashlight. I held my flashlight for my dad, and I, I never knew the power still. And some of these guys, even at this company, go, why do you study HVAC? We're garage doors. And I'm like, I study anything that's working. I study anything, and I want to surround myself with that. And, and, but but why not find the most elevated home service? Is there any other home service space that's more elevated than HVAC? No. There's not. So follow <laughs> the lead. Follow the lead. And then tell me about this brand stuff because this is a great topic. Well, brand's never been more important than it is right now. Like if you listen to ever listen to any of Gary Vee's content, he preaches that. And that's kind of where I was going with my last story is we did such a piss poor job of branding ourselves and relied too much on these manufacturer relationships. But what happens is if those went away, I might be in deep shit. So I had to make sure I started branding ourselves. So that's the whole reason that we even, I started hiring a brand manager and you know building out a video team and, and Gary is a part owner in the social social media side of our company, the video side of our company. And um, so he's been very helpful in us pushing that out there, but branding has never been more important. And, um, and again, man, I'm so sick of saying the COVID word, but like it is what it is. COVID exposed you if you didn't have good branding. But you can't say, okay, well, in the middle of COVID, I'm going to start focusing on branding, even post-COVID. You have to start, but you certainly can't rely on it right now if you need leads because you're too late to the game. You had to start focusing on it. But if it did anything for you, if you've not been focusing on it, you felt that pain once COVID hit, things started getting crazy. Oh, so yeah. branding is more important. You've done a great job of branding. And like I told you, man, I knew about you before, you, before we ever met, too. And then I was joking with you today, man. I felt like the last few mornings I wake up and I see you on my damn TV and then <laughs> staring at Tommy on the damn TV screen. So you're like, you're targeting me. Get out of my... You text me. You're like, dude, get out of my TV. Um, I like that. I, li I like the strategy to think about brand. And, and I think I'm really curious to hear what you learned from Gary V on the social side because so often I tend to go Google, Google, Google. And I'm working with this guy's name, Dennis Yu. He's the bomb.com when it comes to social. And he promised me, <laughs> and he, I'm exclusive, man. I told him, if you're going to work with me, we're going to take over the freaking industry. And he said, I'm going to show you that I can get you more leads from social. At the end of the funnel, people that want you, than Google. And I said, dude, it's on. I was like, let's do this. Let's so we're working together. But tell me what you learned from Gary Vee in the social yeah, side. Man, um, so, Just some tips, some gold nuggets. Yeah, yeah. so here's the thing. Um, don't overthink it. Don't overthink the content that you're putting out. Like far too many times we'll have customers that are that are trying to record it and delete and record and delete and say the right thing over and over again. Don't overthink it. Post small clips and just put them out there because social is meant to be social. Like 
You don't constantly want to cram sales down people's throat. It's supposed to be an interactive forum, right? But you also, I think the two pillar things that Gary said to me, or his team said to me, would be find education or entertainment. Make those two things your, your pillar. So whatever you're posting, make it, you'll guide it to one of those, whether it's informative or entertainment. And then once you've given value, like Gary will say, give value, give value, give value, and then you can make a subtle offer on something. It's okay to make that offer because you have a service to provide. But you do not do it constantly. So the more interactive you can make these videos, especially if you're doing charitable type things we were talking about, record everything, share everything, okay? Once you can connect, your, connect somebody watching your stuff emotionally, you're in. You've got that emotional connection. Now it's what do you do with it? But you don't want to be fake. Like the, I think the big mistake a lot of the uh, HVAC guys made when COVID hit was starting to push indoor air quality way too hard. It mm -hmm. was like, wait, now you're just trying to like sell me indoor air quality. I understand it. They should have been pushing it. It's just they waited till that came, but that was the opportunity that came up was to sell indoor air quality. Oh, yeah, 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 I remember. All the airborne stuff. So you had to be really careful on how you put it out there. And it was don't sell it educate on it and let them come and ask you because they will come it's the if you build it they will come methodology but you know the sales by education model is great is works exceptionally well in the social space if you're going to have specific offerings like here's another example guy customer i was talking to today i have a social media team he doesn't use me for social media it's okay he uses a buddy of mine that i know and his tactics are different it's a different lead lead than me you can actually pull in decent lead volume through social. If you do like a financing offers, those work exceptionally well. Like a save 350 bucks off AC installation as low as $49 a month. But you you then you attract that type of customer. So don't yeah, cheaper. You, don't you expect it to be a big ticket item because it's not going to be. But if you're not worried about that, then it does a really good job of those things. So from our from our the way that we do things on social is. We try to do as much non-selling as we possibly can and just putting out education, entertainment, making it fun, building engagement. And then when it comes time to make an offer, we make an offer. We're just not doing it every week. It might be you know, every other week or once every three weeks. So educate and entertain. Those are my two things. And don't overthink the content that you're putting out. So do you believe in... Um this is just, I, I just, I, my brain is going a million miles an hour. So yeah. it's good because there's so many questions that I'm just, so influencer marketing, some people, uh, there's a guy named Michael Keening a long time ago. He used to have this influencer finder and it would find out, do you have 5,000 friends? Are you an influencer? What's your social like? You know, influencer marketing. So do you go after those people and get them involved? My buddy, Josh owns snow. It's, he's my old partner, you know, the teeth winning thing. Mm -hmm. And he built the whole freaking company <laughs> off of influencer marketing. You know, he's got uh, Tim Tebow, or not Tim Tebow, one of, uh, Gron Gronkowski. Oh, Gronkowski. And, and, and this dude's always on there with this thing. He's visited him right down the street from here. And, and, and is that a strategy that you believe in? You know, I think it's a branding strategy, um, you know, but I think something that's a little bit more valuable for my type of customers, because I would say 80% of Rhino's customers are HVAC, the other 15% would be plumbing, the other 5% would be electrical, roofing, um, like those types of those types of customers. But what is a good little tactic that you can do is search for hashtags that involve your industry, okay? Like if you're in plumbing, search for hashtag drain cleaning or hashtag unclogged drain. Look at everybody that's on there and just take five minutes 
and respond to as many as many of those ads as you can from yourself. Um, when you hit hashtag, you know, drain cleaning, look at the account, whoever posted it, and then reply to their question. It'll help build your following, but it's free, it's organic. So you do that for every service that you offer. Oh, so that's if someone has a real question. So I'm just saying like- So an audience. All you're trying to do is build build an, an audience organically, right? Yeah. But if, uh, if you have like influencer marketing, it's helpful because um, you just can't expect the cost per lead, like there to be a cost per, it's a branding effort. Like you, you're trying to build the audience, it doesn't necessarily mean they're gonna use you. It's like, um, I uh, forget the local guy used to use um, Luis Gonzalez all the time, and uh, or Diane, Dan Marley for the yeah. chiropractic stuff. It was, you use him to guide them to you, but you, don't, you just can't have this expectation of as soon as I get this influencer on board, I'm going to start getting a lot of business. It just helps build your following, which then helps if you continue to use your educate and entertain methodology, you will start to build that emotional connection to those people, and then when they're ready to use you, they will use you. So. Our market's a little wonky when it comes to using influencers. You know, I, I was going to ask you because I, I think about this commercial I always see, like reverse mortgage, Tom Selleck from Magnum PI. Of course. And, you know, yeah, <laughs> and he's just like, and I would never recommend it if I didn't believe in it. And you guys think it's a scam and it's not. Give my guys a try. You know, I wouldn't be out here endorsing it if I didn't believe. And what I realized is what they did is smart. They used multiple regression testing to find out the age the income, the channels, they use a targeted data approach. And then they said, this guy's gonna be affordable because his heyday, uh, I'm sorry Tom, but your heydays came and gone, <laughs> but you're huge to that audience. And so you're buying it at cheap times, you're getting it in front of the right audience, and you're able to get that quality lead. So, so I just think that there's a huge opportunity there. I was talking to someone the other day um, about this uh, on my podcast. I got his information right over there, but anyway, I do think there's some things to be done, and it's thinking outside of the box. I think that what Gary Vee did, you look at uh, Grant Cardone, you look at, um, um, I just know all these guys, Perry Belcher, Ryan Dice, uh, they all kind of have the ability to think outside of the box. And there's this circle that we paint around and say, this has been done, this has been done, and Procter and & Gamble. Procter & Gamble's kind of losing what, they're still a monster. Huge. Yeah. But they're still, the, the small guys are getting creative. You're using things like TikTok where people say, Dude, TikTok doesn't work for my stuff. And I'm going, wait a minute. TikTok might be, I, I don't know what to sell on it yet, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time, but there's no reason why not. You can't post on all these things. The so. future customers are. Okay. You get, get, them before they, get them before they're 21. You ain't kidding. <laughs> okay, I'm going to piggyback down this path um, on what we were talking about earlier. There's a, there's a gentleman by the name of Bobby Jenkins, probably one of the uh, best human beings I've ever met, been on the podcast. Been to his office. He's based out of San, or excuse me, Austin, Texas. He owns a company called ABC Commercial and Home Services. They literally offer like HVAC, plumbing, lawn care, Christmas lights, pest control. I mean, he offers so many things. Now they've got like a thousand plus people on staff, and they're also in San Antonio and Dallas, Fort Worth. Um, but this guy, if you go and look at ABC stuff, he's got this little um, anteater as his logo. He does so many things with so many people around town. This guy's probably the best networker ever. Yeah. But he's just a genuine good dude. Yeah. Like part of his deal that he did during all this COVID stuff was he every day for uh, lunch and for dinner would go to a different restaurant to buy food from them. Oh, I've heard this. And then he would post it. Like he would take a picture of him posting it. And so he was getting all this like 
And he, but he was just doing it because he's a good dude. Yeah, to help these restaurants out, right? And but every time he would go, he would he would tag all of these people. So he's one of those guys that became a, a, this weird influencer for them in that industry. But just because he has a big following, because they're a, a big company. But I like the idea of him because when he tags those people, those companies, then everybody else that likes them will see his post come up and know like he was a part of this and he's doing good stuff. For the Ooh, community. that's smart. I like that. So you're almost reverse engineering. So, so let me ask you, um, there's two frame of thoughts here. You got a guy like me that's going into every city in North America with garage doors. I do residential, retrofit. I don't do Home Depots anymore. I don't do new construction. I am focused more than I've ever been. I got out of home warranties. All these things I've made a lot of money on. Sure. So I'm actually saying no to money. I'm like, oh, $30,000 job? Nope, sorry. Oh, it's so hard for me. I, I usually say, no, not now. We're not, we're not doing that right now because it's so hard to say no. I just say no. I uh, can't do it right now. But... Um, <laughs> And then you got other guys that are like, I own this audience in this area. It's a small audience, but I own everything. And you look at Parker and Sons, they do $120 million in Phoenix. Yep. So the question that I have for you, and there's no right or wrong answer, and you you could dis, disagree with what I'm doing, because sure. it doesn't matter. I mean, people have different strokes, different <laughs> folks. Uh, where, where do you see, because you know a lot of these home service companies, where do you see the most success? And someone's probably saying, this is the question we've all asked ourselves. Do I focus and grow outwards this way, or do I own the audience and give them a bunch of vertical services? Man, you mean, um, should they, about adding an additional service? Should they live in their population size? So, so I guess what I'm saying is, should I do HVAC plumbing, electrical, garage doors, um, you know, Christmas lights? That's kind of funny <laughs> that hits home for me because I have a Christmas light business. Or should I say, I just do this, and I'm going to hit this, and I'm going to be the best at this thing. So I'm either going to own this everything these people do or own this trade and hit a book yeah i got you okay so um i literally had this conversation with a guy named chris hunter who, oh i know chris so, yeah so because we he just talking, started working for titan yeah yeah man because he he started in ardmore ardmore oklahoma little video i know exactly so we just had this conversation because it is something that i get asked a lot uh i and this is my methodology right yeah, it just so it. happened that it aligned with chris's methodology uh oh um, here we go it is I believe you focus on what you're best at. So if that's garage doors, if it's plumbing, if it's electrical, whatever it is, you focus on that first and dial that in that you're really, really, really exceptionally good at, that you're giving great customer service at and all those things. Yep. My two cents is if you launch that in Scottsdale, Arizona, and well, let's use a different market because there's so many markets here, but if you launch it in Flagstaff, sure. Okay, um, then you would say, I'm going to do the same thing because I know the industry and I have my processes in place. I know my KPIs. You got your vendors. I know yeah. all my shit together on this one. It's easier for me to go now here into a different location and build it. The reason that's what Chris Hunter did, he just started adding other services after, but he knew, like, hey, there's no way I'm going to be 10 million in Ardmore, Oklahoma. Sure. So he had to start dipping outside of it. But he said he would learn, he learned what he was best at, and then started going into other locations. Nail it and scale it is what and I call it. And once he was good with it, then he could start layering in the other services and cross-selling. Yep, yep, I agree with so that. So because... I'm, I'm of the same methodology. This is why, like, I've had I've had people reach out to me trying to buy Rhino, and, I, and like, everybody will say, I'm interested in selling. I would probably sell if the number was right, but I'm having so much fun building this thing that it's, uh, but, I've, but I've stayed true to what I've done. I've not tried to, to dip outside the shit that I'm best at. 
That's what I like. That's what I like is you're a specialist. And every time, me and my managers, we get into arguments and I'm so much different than I used to be. I'm like, no. I'm like, if this person's going to come on, they're going to do this thing great. And then they're going to have two or three tops, five key performance indicators of all around their job. When you start stacking it and say, well, they need to do this. They need to be able to drive here for inventory. They need to be able to consult the guys on this. They need to be doing HR. And I'm like, so they're a jack of all trades again. So now... When something goes wrong, we say, why didn't you do this right? They say, well, I was doing this, 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 and this. And when you're small, all of us wear a lot of hats. Mm -hmm. I mean, you wore every oh, yeah. hat. Everyone, yeah. And what's nice about an owner that's been able to do that is you say, this hat I hate. I'm going to write a job description of who I'm looking for. It's easy to write it because you're like, it's got to be someone opposite of me, different personality type. <laughs> and these are the people that I find hard to get along with because I'm like, like, like I, I really love our finance team. Like, we get along great, but I'm like... Don't put me in a bubble, but at the same time, I'm like, I understand why you have to do it. Yeah. We've got to report to banks. We, you know, ultimately, I want to have a huge line there. We do. We've got like $7 million that we can pull from. And I always say, borrow the money when you don't need it. A guy called oh, me yeah. the other day. He's like, dude, I got the opportunity to get a $100,000 SBA. And I go, <laughs> the SBA from, from this corona? And he goes, yeah. He goes, but my wife will kill me. I said, dude, do you know what that interest rate is? I'm like, if you just put it in a savings account, you'll make money. <laughs> make money on it. I'm like, you got to take the money and because one day there's an opportunity going to come along and it's going to be like, today you got to have the money. And the, the, for some reason, the deal will find you when that money's there, trust yeah. me. And you're just going to be an idiot not to take it. And I said, dude, I'll deal with your wife. No, I didn't say that. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be crazy to say that. I'm not married for a reason. Though. But um, but listen, I, I, I can keep going with this stuff, but I want to ask you a few last questions. Um, so we've got the branding. You know, you're doing something with Gary V. Uh, Gary, you decided you're going about it, and you're having a few people attend because you truly believe that a small, more intimate gathering is more important to you than just sell it out and make it a bunch of money, right? Yeah. So my whole, the whole methodology with that is, if you if you've listened to what I've been saying even during this podcast, um, quality I, over quantity. I like to give, dude. Like I want to make sure that whatever we're doing for our customers is the best it can possibly be. Um, and if you're part of the Rhino family, meaning you're a customer of ours or an employee or partner, whatever it is, you're part of the family, um, I like to be able to give back to them. And, and if it means like, hey, some of these guys really love Gary Vee and they've said, hey, I really want to meet him, it's not how it works. He doesn't work that way, right? You can't just be like, I want to meet with Gary Vee and then go have a dinner with him unless you drop like 50 grand to go to one of his, like to see him for an hour. Yeah. You know, to go and be one of like 15 people in a room. Um, but I love him, but that's crazy to me still. Yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not, wouldn't me either. So, <laughs> but if I could take this partnership and then use that, so some of my guys, like I invite you to come and hang out with us because if, if you could ask him two things that unlock something for you on your path to, to one billion, and I was a piece of that, I'm fucking happy about that. Like, that to me is the coolest thing. It's like anytime we get customer testimonials, it's literally the best thing that I get, that I get is seeing what people are saying about us, how we changed this you know, part of their business or we saved a part of the business or whatever. The most rewarding thing I ever get is that. This just allows me another path to do that with some of my bigger my bigger guys, you know, yeah. with my bigger partnerships. And, and I did that. I made that happen, you know, and that's pretty cool. Well, dude, I, you know, you talk about being the dumbest person in the room. When you surround yourself, you know, I just got, I just talked to Roland Frazier this weekend. And uh, he's like, dude, I got to, I, I had to introduce you to this guy. You need to go meet him. And it's so cool that I can make phone calls now. And it's elevated, I won't say my stature. 
I'll just say this. I've become dumber and dumber the smarter I get. Yeah, maybe. you know the world. The world opens up. It's weird how that gets. No, I'm like, you're like a like, no, dude. Like you, and you downplay. You downplay yourself a little bit, but you have like you. You also um, earned a lot of this stuff, right? And you took the time to say and be humble enough to say, uh, I want to keep learning more. I want to be around people smarter than me. I'm no different. Like, I like being able to. The podcast has been phenomenal because I've learned so much shit. Like, I've oh, learned dude, so that's huge. much, and I've got so many notes, and I keep everybody's notes. I'm getting smarter. So it's, yeah. So not only is it helping our like the same thing with this podcast is super successful because it's helping those listening have tactical takeaways. Ours is no different. It's just the guests that comes on are giving back. Well, shit, it's giving back to me too. Like I'm learning a lot of cool new stuff that's making me better as a leader, making me better as a business owner, and even as a human being. And uh, that's the fun stuff, man. We got one go around the sun, and I want to get it right. So I feel like as long as I continue to put uh, my employees and my customers first. Everything else is going to fall in place for me. I can go. I can lay my head down at night and sleep peacefully. Yeah, no, it's great. I, I, you know, and I want to ask one more thing because, no. and then I ask the same three questions after every podcast. But, you know, I've got ideas coming out of my. We're like this. Me and you are entrepreneurs, and and entrepreneurs is the right light, and we've got really good ideas. But the question is, is there so many things we need to do? And I think a skill that's kind of evolved over when you get big enough and you learn how to delegate properly is identifying the first big bottleneck to accomplish first. And I've got ideas. They're stacked in my idea. My, I mean, you see my Google Drive. It's like, <laughs> it's like, dude, this guy's got ideas. But, you know, my, my staff does a really good job of pulling back the ropes and saying, dude, come on. Like, it's, I'm on bungee cords. <laughs> but, uh but I got a lot of good ideas. How do you kind of handle that? Because I think a lot of the listeners right now, they go through that same struggle. How I have to deal with it is I have an executive team. Uh, my executive team, I'm, I am a lot like you and where I'll, I'll be thinking out of thin air, oh, I want to add these two data analysts to our team. And I'll, and I'll tell our COO and she's like, we don't need those people. Like we need 18 other people here versus these <laughs> yeah. two data analysts. And I'm like, no, no, we need it because of this. And so, but I'll, or I'll say, hey, um, I want to start, you know, offering OTT over the top, you know, marketing because, um, you know, I've been watching so much Haibu and Disney Plus and all this shit lately. Like, let's figure it out. And then they're like, "Why, Chris? You're like, you're not following your own methodology. Like, stick to the shit that you're good. At. It's good if you don't try to if if you if you think like you really want to do it in the moment, you're excited about it. You need to write that shit down and come back, sleep on it, and come back to it. Like, yeah. I am. I thrive on instant gratification, which is why the digital marketing space is so good for me because I can turn on some ads and I can see what they're doing, you know, by the yeah. end of the day. Um, but I, ha I have always found the practice of don't just jump, even though, even if I'm so excited and so certain, don't just jump into it. I will go to, and if you don't have somebody that's on your, on your, like if you don't have somebody to go to that's on your team, go to a peer and ask, you know, and ask them, maybe not a competitive one or in your market, but go to a peer and ask them. I just happen to use, in my executive meetings, I have two a week. And those are the meetings where I bring up anything new that we might potentially do, and it goes to a vote. And even though I am the CEO of the company, I can be outvoted, and I am outvoted. I hate trust. being outvoted. I got five. I'm one of the five, and I'm like, I should count as like three, though. But See, I'm, I don't do that. I'm I don't do that. But I'm like, there's some things, and I actually I snapped the other day, I and I go, I go, dude, this is gonna cost us tens of millions of dollars if you guys don't see it my way. And then I'm pretty firm on this, <laughs> but go ahead. 
and, and actually, it was super like, and, and they, they all sensed my frustration. And then I drew it on the whiteboard. I, I got this, I had one of our digital designers design it. And I go, tell me how this way fails and I'll listen to you. They're like, why can't we test it? I'm like, because testing it'll waste time. But anyway, keep going. I'm test sorry. and invest. Test that's right. Invest. That's right. Test and invest. Yeah, I think that I get it, man, because that's a lot like how I am. But it's so healthy to, for good growth that way because you need to have somebody play devil's advocate to think through the entire deal. And I listen to these guys, and most of the time, I mean, Adam, Adam's my COO. He came in and he goes, dude, I don't think we should be doing property management, uh, uh, home warranties. And I said, well, if it's done properly, and he showed me some on the whiteboard, I go, done, scratch it, get rid of it, call him today, we're canceling it. Uh, you, you can't get mad with black and white. And what I feel, uh, my feelings don't matter in the numbers. I, I'm sorry, but your feelings don't matter. And that's where the black and white, the, the, the ink that gets printed out if, if you got a data integrity team and it's right. There's a key there. you got to have the right data. But if you're measuring the right data, it will lead you to the right decision. Yeah, so which is perfect. So for anybody listening, um, like I'm, I, you said the key word, feeling. I fucking hate the word feeling, okay? <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you what. So I'm, uh, there's this event coming up called Service World Expo. I'm speaking at it down in Tampa. Yeah, September. yeah I know about it. Yep. So I'll be down there. Uh, I think I'm flying Air Gettle out with out with. Oh, them. nice. Air Gettle. Um, but we're going down there. I'm speaking, and my breakout is called Stop Feeling and Start Knowing. And it's because I get so sick of people saying, like, oh, I feel like this thing is working. You know, I feel like this isn't working. I feel like these guys are screwing me over. I feel like these guys do a great job. Stop fucking feeling. Right? Track everything. There's no reason you can't track. Throw a call tracking number on there on anything that you're doing and listen to the phone number. Like, listen to the phone lines. Hire an intern to listen to the phones for you because I promise you what you will gain is far greater than what you think you're going to save in paying for that intern. But for God's sake, tr start tracking everything. Call tracking numbers are ridiculously cheap to get. And if I don't make anything through service titan. That wasn't a plug. I don't make any money either. But. And I got a relationship with Service Titan. And so what's great is that if you throw a call tracking number on, and this is actually a good point you bring up I'm talking about in this program, is you cannot only rely on your Service Titan or your field management software because it's not catching everything on the front end. Yeah. So you are not. You have to be able to track lead opportunity versus closed lead and closed revenue. You need to understand what the miss is on your cost per acquisition. So if you throw a call tracking number on there, and like, for instance, my team listens to it the next day, I'm catching all the issues that might be happening with your team well before it gets into your service type, like you sold a job. Right. So I'm catching it early. Or something that wasn't even designated as a lead in service type that, you, that was still a lead. But you have to put these things in place so you can make those good decisions to grow. Based yeah, absolutely. Based on facts, based on the black and white facts. So stop feeling and start now. Yeah, stop feeling, guys. Listen, if you don't, if you can't afford somebody to do this stuff and listen to your calls, and maybe you don't have an agency or don't have the money for that, there's a thing called Call Cap. Susie Boyder, she was on the podcast uh, years ago, but she's amazing. She's got a thing called Call Assurance. They'll listen to the calls for you. They'll grade your CSRs. Tell her I sent you. Maybe she'll give you a discount. I don't get anything back, but but ultimately you're playing with the big boys once you get over here with uh, Chris. Um, Three things. What, what what's uh, what's your um, top three books? So uh, top three books. Number one was uh, of course the Emith Revisits, first one I ever read. Um, I've read. I know you got the original. Two. I got them everywhere, but I got oh, the yeah. one they signed is. Yeah. I've got my OG version, the paperback. Yep, 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 yep. Yep, I've got that one. So I read that one in the beginning just so I could start to learn what the hell I was even doing. And I've read it multiple times. Now I've not read it as many times as can. Yeah, yeah. But I've read it enough. Um, I like another book called Can't Hurt Me. Um, uh, yeah, yep, yep. David Goggins. 
Uh, David Goggins is it's about more the mental game. I love the mental side of everything. Um, it's about basically um, pushing yourself through uh, the pain, not just necessarily the pain physically, but the pain of like fear. It's easy to give up doing things. Yeah, and the, and the tenacity and the consistency, and it's so easy to give up. And I got living with the uh, his roommate living with, with the, the seal, seal right there. Yeah, Jesse so. Itzler. So Jesse Itzler's my guy. <laughs> uh, I know Jesse. I uh, went to I went to hang out with him in Georgia last. Year. I took my executive team and went and hung out with with Jesse. Um, yeah, I like that you're doing that. Listen, he's going to the people that he enjoys being around. He's letting them almost soak in to his his team, and it, it, that's a game changer. That's the one thing I tell a lot at the end of every podcast when people say, "Tommy, what's one piece of advice?" I'm like, "Get your ass up, fly out of your comfort zone. Bring your wife. Bring bring your kids. Bring your husband." And bring your, your team and get there and just soak it in. Get out of your 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 you know, it's great yeah. to go on a luncheon, but this is this is a game changer. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that you, up. Yeah, your leadership is like extremely important for your growth plan. So I need to pour into them. So I went to Jesse. Jesse brought in like a memory coach, she brought in like a self-help guy. It was like a physical piece of it, but we all did that shit together. So we built that that bond. And it was uh, you know, they all got smarter because of it. The smarter they are, the better they are for our employees, which is better for our customers. And then what's the uh, third one? Well, I would have would have chose living with the seal. <laughs> that, well, yeah, that one counts. Give me one more. Because it went from that to it. I, yeah. So, um, I would say, oof, gosh. Um, I'm looking at my bookshelf, man. I'm dude, just I know my wife would kill me right now too. So, um, I mean, I don't know that I have a. I don't know that I have a third. But listen, here's the thing: I'm worse at um, is because I I can't focus on. What I have ADD, if I listen to an audible book, if I start to check out, I know it's not a book for me. I have to actually force myself to listen to these things. There's not been any plane rides lately. That's the I thing. I just got done with a plane ride, so I knocked out a couple. God, I don't know what I have. You know what? Let me give you one. Let me give you guys one to read. It's by Robert Chudini. It's called Yes, and it's 50 ways. It's 50 ways of persuasion, and and it's these little chapters, and it's just so cool. Because here's what I'm gonna do. I'm going to read two of them to my team every morning. I'm actually going to play the Audible on my Zoom call. And I'm like, look, if there's an idea that sparks, all I want you guys doing is using your brains just a couple minutes a day. That's all you need to do. And if you get something, sometimes the best gold comes out of this oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. Can you whiteboard? You throw it on there and there's a million dollars. Whiteboard. More whiteboard. I got a whiteboard in my kitchen. I got one right here. Just everywhere. Uh, my offices are all glass. See? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we write everything. So if someone wants to get a hold of you, Chris, um, give us some websites, give us your email, whatever the best way, LinkedIn, I don't know what's the yeah, best yeah, way. Yeah, sure. So I'll give you a couple different ways. Um, one, if you guys are uh, listening to To The Point Home Services podcast, we have our Facebook, Instagram pages. Same thing for Rhino. We have both of those if you want to reach out that way. Um, I am a very accessible guy. I make myself accessible. That doesn't mean I can. Re I will respond the same day, but most off, I try to make sure I respond within 24 hours. <laughs> Uh, you can reach out to me through email, which is C-Y-A-N-O at RhinoSS, spelled R-Y-N-O-S-S dot com. Uh, that's probably the best way to get a hold of me directly, um, or you're welcome to call uh, our office line, too, which is, uh, what is my office line? I have no idea what the number is. It's been a long, hey. long time. Just email. Way easier. Or go to our website. So, basically, uh, I like to finish with... Um Giving you the last two cents. I wanted to ch just tell you, um, I just had Matt Michelle on the podcast, oh, yeah, which is the guy, uh, you know, uh, hopefully you guys already heard Matt Michelle's podcast, but he is the guy that runs um, Service Roundtable. Right. Monster. It's just cool. It it's just becomes, you know, we got this incest of just the top people, but you surround yourself with these great people 
and, and, and you push yourself to learn. Remember, readers are leaders. Uh, and whiteboard, we, we talked about a lot of stuff. I like what you said because I can't beat this enough. Ask. You you, you got to have a plan. You got to ask for it. But we're gonna give you the chance here, Chris. I really, you work with so many home service companies, and they're all successful. And I want to give you just one last thing to think about the the audience here. It's a big audience. They're gonna be all over Facebook. Gonna be watching us, listen to this. Leave them with some gold nuggets. Leave them with some final thoughts. Yeah, man, for sure. I would say, uh, you know, number one thing you have to do is uh, is if you if you're stuck, don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, if you're planning on going into doing any digital marketing or you're currently doing it, the, I cannot stress enough to hold your agencies that are doing your marketing accountable to giving you the metrics that track new business. If you're paying them for new customers, don't let them give you a call number or a contact form number and not split it out for you and give you new versus returning and repeat customers. Make them give you the facts because that's how you're responsible for that. You're responsible for asking for those things if they don't give them to you. And 99% don't give you that much detail unless you ask for it and even then they won't give it to you. The only reason you don't get reporting to that depth is either one, they don't want a staff to do it, or there's something to hide. There's nothing else around there, right? So you earned that dollar, and you're spending that dollar. You need to know without question what that dollar returns. And that's how you can make good decisions with your digital marketing moving forward. Know definitively, if I spend a dollar, I get X in return for new business. So stop feeling and start knowing what your digital marketing is doing for you. And that can go for like direct mail pieces, put a call tracking number on it, throw a specific coupon on that if you're gonna use it. Like something you know definitively that lead came from that offer because it was on that postcard. All right, it's your responsibility. You owe it to yourself, your family, your employees, your business to stop feeling and start knowing, track everything. And for God's sake, find a digital marketing company that actually is legit focusing on your business. Not a jack of all trades, master of none. Somebody that knows your business and how your consumer thinks and has been doing it a long time. Do yourself a favor because they exist. And that is my closing remarks. I got one quick closer on top of that. What I'm going to ask Chris to do for us is go to Home Service Expert, find this podcast, homeserviceexpert.com. I'm going to get a sample. We'll just call it, I can't call it ABC because you have an ABC company. We'll call it, <laughs> we'll call it DEF. Um, that we're gonna, we're gonna do. Can you give us just a sample of some of the stuff that you report on, so they have an idea? Yeah. yeah. So, so, so the to the point home services podcast. The whole reason I did it was, uh, I was telling Tommy earlier, is that it's been a decade of me sitting in war room conversations with home services companies that are extremely successful, going through plans, actionable items that you can take, tactical takeaways. So when we started the podcast, it was bringing on leaders in the industry who have perfected this stuff. Um, not just in, in a leadership game, but in how did you know, how did how do you what's the best type of maintenance agreement to use? Uh, how do you really grow a service business? How do you add a, an additional service like plumbing we talked about or electrical um, tools? We I actually want them to be boxes that you can check along the way to where you said, man, I listened to this podcast and I took away these two things that I can actually implement, and that is the key word. And you and I have talked about this. You can't just listen to it, get jacked up, write shit down, and then do nothing with it, okay? Everybody does that. Ambition without action is useless. Useless, okay? And guess what? 95% of you listening... 98. 
98% will still do nothing, even though the proven methods are put out there in front of your face. But guess what? The 3% or the 2% that do are the fucking ones that are the most successful. Well, it, it don't, well there's 2%. One of them is going to go implement every freaking thing they just heard. <laughs> the other one's going to slowly push it through and get with his executive team or her executive team it. to make it happen. So don't be that guy that walks in and goes, dude, I listen to one of Tommy's podcasts again. We're doing we got that. a plan. We're going to tear it up. So be the be the one percent that actually has a plan and and integrates it. Look, you know the integrator absolutely. and implementation. Chris, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, my man, I appreciate you having me. I appreciate it. Awesome, thanks. Hey guys, I just wanted to thank you real quick for listening to the podcast. From the bottom of my heart, it means a lot to me, and I hope you're getting as much as I am out of this podcast. Our goal is to enrich your lives and enrich your businesses and your internal customers, which is your staff. And if you get a chance, please, please, please subscribe. You're going to find out all the new podcasts. You're going to be able to ask me questions to ask the next guest coming on. And and do me a quick favor. Leave a quick review. It really helps us out when you like the podcast and you leave a review. Make it four or five sentences. Tell us how we're doing. And I just wanted to mention real quick, we started a membership. It's homeservicemillionaire.com forward slash club. You get a ton of inside look at what we're going to do to become a billion dollar company. And uh, we're just, we're, we're, we're telling everybody our secrets basically. And people say, why do you give your secrets away all the time? And I'm like, you know, the hardest part about giving away my secrets is actually trying to get people to do them. So we also create a lot of accountability within this program. So check it out. It's homeservicemillionaire.com forward slash club. It's cheap. It's a monthly payment. I'm not making any money on it to be completely frank with you guys, but I think it will enrich your lives even further. So thank you once again for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it.